Welcome to the Women's Health Podcast. I'm Marika Hart from Herosphere. And I'm Anthony Lowe, the physio detective. Together we interview leading authorities, answer questions, and share our thoughts to provide the general public with the best quality information we can find on all aspects of women's health. Please remember the materials and content on this podcast are intended as general information and for entertainment purposes only. They are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now it's time to get cracking with the episode, so whether you're out walking your dog, driving the kids to school, or just sitting back enjoying a glass of wine, we hope you enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Women's Health Podcast. Marika here and I am very excited to be chatting to Anthony Lowe, wave Anthony over there, sitting hey. in um, Detroit with Lisa Ryan. Say hi Lisa. <laughs> hi. And um, we are really excited to have Lisa on the show. We're going to have a, a big chat about diastasis recti, surgery. Um, we're going to hear all about her story because Anthony, Anthony and I love hearing about people's experiences. Um, and I think it's really nice for other people going through something similar just to hear someone's story and hear about their, their journey with that. Um, and I think we, we as physical therapists, physiotherapists as well, um, find it really, really helpful so we can hear about the other sides of the story too that we don't always hear when people come into our uh, into our treatment rooms. But before we chat to Lisa, we're just going to very quickly have a chat, um, Anthony, because we haven't seen each other for a few months now. So what have you been up to? What do yeah, you mean? I've been busy. The last time we recorded a podcast, I was in I was in America. I was in Wisconsin for the CrossFit Games. So that was the very start of August. So it's been nearly three months. Um, so in that time, I, I taught a new course in Canada. Um, I taught a new course in Perth. I um, and the, this is weekend number seven coming up out of eight, and I would have been teaching a course seven out of eight weekends in a row. So I've been crazy busy, um, but it's been really. And I, good. I have great pity for Diane. Your wife yeah. must want to keep your butt right now. <laughs> uh, probably. I th- she, said, she said this morning that she was a bit burnt out last, the last few weeks, but um, she doesn't have to do the admin for this tour of three, so she's just taking it easy. And um, she, she's a lot happier with that. But, you know, I always say it's nice for me to be around at home, I'm sure, but they probably appreciate when I'm away too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Then she can look forward to your return. That's right. You don't know what you're missing until it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a song in that. Excellent. <laughs> and I've been like ridiculously busy too with all uni stuff and just about to smash out my final exam for the year. Hurrah. Yes. Yay. Between that and a new clinic. Yeah. I, you know, I've been doing so much good stuff about the, the masters at Perth, at Curtin University there. So, um, you know, not just through you, but like just lots of different sources and people asking about it. It's been really quite interesting. So um, I'm excited. It's really nice for pulling it all together, you know, doing lots of case studies and next year I do clinics and it's just an opportunity to take all the information and actually put it together, all the different options and looking at how that fits into a multi multidisciplinary environment and who does what and Oh yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's really good. And, and this block, we've been doing a lot of pediatrics and men's health too. And I started treating, you know, men pre and post prostatectomy and things like that, which is actually really, it's really interesting. I've not really 
that had anything to do with male patients for over five years. It's been very much pre and postnatal. So it's like, oh my God, it's a guy. What do I do with you? <laughs> <laughs> I, so therefore, you know more about male pelvic health than I do already. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things that I don't know, I'm in denial about. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, and please, you're being modest. Not only are you smashing out a master's whilst taking care of your kids, including schooling, and um, you, you started a new work location. Tell us about that. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's not my clinic, though, so I don't have to deal with all of the other stuff. Yeah, um, there's no, a new clinic. No, but it's still a new work Health. location. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's all, it's all new. Um, it's called West Coast Health and High Performance. It's part of Body Logic and it's in um, Lath Lane. So I think, you know, some of the super, the powerhouses at Body Logic that I get to work with, um, you know, Judith Thompson, Peter O'Sullivan, JP Canero, and the likes. So there's um, a, lot of, a lot of awesome people that I can learn from. And uh, I'm very excited, very excited to be part of that group. Yeah, and I think they're, they're, they're privileged to have somebody with your musculoskeletal and sports background, as well as women's health working there so um i'm oh. i'm excited i i bridging the you know bridging the gap is something that we all want and um you're in a perfect position to do that so um i'm really excited to see the awesome stuff you're going to be doing with people oh you're very very kind and speaking of musk women's health stuff that sort of segues beautifully into our chat with lisa <laughs> enough about us we want to talk to you because you're much more exciting Lisa, can you um, tell us about yourself? Because I know that you met this big bloke next to you through the CrossFit community. So tell us your backstory and um, yeah. uh, how you became involved in CrossFit and what you do now. Yeah, so I've been CrossFitting since 2004. Um, so CrossFit is and has been a really big part of my life for a really long time. Um, I started out at one of the very first affiliates that were even ever a thing. Um, Hyperfit USA in Ann Arbor, Doug Chapman, um, opened that years ago. And I think he was one of the first 10 or 11 affiliates ever. Um, and I kind of fell into it because I was doing a boot camp class at Valley Total Fitness and, um, following him around and he kind of found CrossFit and I was just following him along and he was like, do this ball slam and we're going to do this. I'm like, okay. And the rest is history. Um, so, uh, I had my first son when I was in California. We moved to California for five years for my husband's work. And I went and did CrossFit out there. And that's when I became competitive because um, I was at Valley CrossFit at the time. And there was a lot of uh, competitive, um, now famous CrossFitters that I trained with. And they had me like believe that I could do these things I never thought I could physically do. And I became this fierce regional level competitor out of nowhere. Like to me, it's out of nowhere. <laughs> like I've been crossfitting a long time, but um, they had, they really had built up my skills and my confidence and my mental game to be this competitor for um, the four years I was up there. And so uh, when I got pregnant, I was ready for it. It was right out of regionals and um, did crossfit through my pregnancy, had no clue about what was really happening in my body at all. Um, modified some stuff. I read somewhere not to do sit up second trimester. 
So I didn't. Uh, but other than that, I just kind of went off how it felt and I wasn't um, really like crazy pushing anything, you know, but I just, you know, I had no idea. So I had the baby C-section, um, non-emergency planned. It came a couple days earlier, but um, had a rough recovery, did not go back to the gym for about two months. My doctor's like, just wait the full two months. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can get on board with that. I walked. The first month was really difficult for me to move. I gained a lot of weight too. And it was really, really hard physically. The second month I could walk a lot more and then um, starting to feel a little bit better. So I went back to the gym and I had a lot of weight. I gained 55, 60 pounds um, and I'm not that big of a person. So I had a lot of weight on me um, and noticed that my stomach was sticking out, but figured, well, I have all this weight. And so whenever I lose the weight, then the stomach will go away. And that's all I really thought. So I slowly started getting back to CrossFit. I went slow. I had a PVC pipe. Like I didn't jump out of the gate like a crazy person. Um, and started to lose some of the weight. And I was like, remember asking my husband, I'm like, You're like what is this? And he's just like, well, I don't know. Like once we move back to, once we move back to Michigan and we have more babysitting and you can work out more, you'll probably just like feel better and I'll go away. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so we move back here. So Lisa, the word diastasis rectile was never on your radar. It, it's not something you'd heard of to that point, at yep. that point? Nope. Okay. Not, and I had during my pregnancy a lot of stretching and uncomfortableness in my belly. Like it was not comfortable. I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so I will remember that. I remember going into teaching in the morning one day, eating my breakfast, and I was just like sitting there and it was just anyway. so um about eight months later I you know I slowly lost the weight I lost the weight and I was like what this isn't fat like I had skin but what I was feeling wasn't skin it was hard it was hard my stomach was hard I lost the weight and it was sticking out and I was like confused at this point I was back to crossfitting a lot. Like I was doing everything. I didn't, I didn't necessarily get my muscle up back yet. I was just about to start trying for that. But like I was front squatting 165 pounds for five reps and I was doing sit-ups and I was doing toes to bar and I was doing all the things, deadlifting, like everything. And I felt okay. Yeah, you were doing toes to bar as well. That's awesome. I was do. I felt okay. I didn't mm. have pain. I had some back pain, but like I had back pain before. I mean, I don't know. It was just, I felt okay, is the point. Did you, did you feel strong in your abs? Like, I mean, did you feel like... You know, I mean, I'm just trying to remember, because I remember doing sit-ups feeling great, specifically. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I mean, I don't necessarily remember my toes to bar feeling really bad. Yeah. Um, I didn't do them right away. You know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just kind of slowly got back to stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't necessarily... Like, I didn't feel great, but I was also deconditioned. I just had a baby, so, like, I expected to feel yeah. better, you know? But, like, by eight months, I felt okay. But then I was like, there's something not right. So here, so here goes the journey of, like, trying to figure out what the something not right is. I call my OB back in California. She's like, you just need more time. I see my dad's sports doctor who scares the shit out of me and says, I can't have any more kids till I have a surgery. This is terrible. You can't support another child in your body. So I'm crying, driving home, calling people. I'm like, how am I going to have a surgery and take care of this baby? Like, 
it was, I just can't even, it was so bad. Um, it, and you know, other people, uh, it was the worst they've ever seen, you know, um, do this online program. You can heal that, you know, can you can heal yourself, you know, all these different online programs. Everyone's telling me, um, I mean, it was just insane. And the way that I found out that I actually had, it was talking to someone random person I kind of knew in California who was like, maybe it's this diastasis thing. Well, I kind of seen that before, but I laid in bed and I just touched my stomach at rest. And I was like, there's no gaps here. Like, but I wasn't, you know, I don't know what I was doing, but I was also kind of scared. So I was like, I'm fine. You know, that's not what it is. And then I finally did test the right way after talking to someone I knew and I was laying on my hardwood floor and my whole hand just like, it just sunk in. and I stopped it and I was like paralyzed and I was shaking and I was crying. My husband was asleep because he had a work trip the next morning. And I was just like, it's 10 o'clock at night. My hand just sunk into my body. And all these thoughts are going through my head. Cause I'm like, I just knew I was at the gym. Like what, like I just, I could not. And then, and I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then the, the gut feeling of like, I shouldn't be doing this stuff at the gym anymore. And like, I was just starting to feel good. And so then I had that realization and it was terrible. Even talking about it right now, it makes me sick. So Lisa, at that point, you didn't feel broken. Obviously, aesthetically, you weren't happy with how it was looking. You didn't feel quite right, right but you didn't feel no, like... Not at the gym, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And it was at that point hearing that that you suddenly were feeling like, this is a disaster. Yeah, I was scared. I mean, my I'm like, I could have touched my organ. Like, I, you know, like my organs, and I'm just like, I, I was... And I plus, I'm a very... Medical things creep me out. I'm very creeped out by medical things. I always said if I wasn't so creeped out, maybe I would have been a vet because I really like animals. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I don't like any. So, so doing that was also hard for me personally because I don't like that stuff. So my mom, who was in physical therapy for her back, found this pelvic floor PT because someone was like, you should see this pelvic floor PT. So I'm like, what's a pelvic floor PT and why would I see a pelvic floor PT? I had a C-section. No clue. You know, not a clue. So I see this lady um, who uh, basically when I had seen her, I went to see her. She was good. I mean, she's like, I'm not going to make any promises, but let's look. Maybe I can help you. So when we went in there. My rectus muscles, because I had been using them, they were actually like pushing out like this way. They weren't even like coming. It was, and they were really hard because I had been using them. They're on the side of my body. <laughs> oh God. So. Um, Anyway, uh, but what I did, I mean, she, and she was a CrossFitter. So she's like, okay, let's back off some things for now. Let's try to get a handle on this. But I didn't really have any idea of ways to do pressure management or anything like that. It was just like, okay, we're not going to kip our pull-ups. We're going to do strict for a while. We're not going to do sit-ups for a while. Let's lower the weights on your lifts. Let's just like try to get everything. So I was like, okay. I just remember walking in the gym and everyone was lifting barbells and I grabbed like two blue kettlebells to do like, I don't know, front squats, and I was just crying. I just remember holding them, and I was just crying. <laughs> I was just like, I was clueless. I couldn't have my barbell. Like, it was terrible. Anyway, so um, I saw this probably before PT for about two or three months. She did a lot of work on my actual act, like, to try, like, she kind of settled them down. We tried to get them to, like, move. I don't know. I don't know what exactly actually happened. I do know that my stomach did look a little bit better after she got 
some of those muscles to like, I don't know, who knows what really happened. So is that like a massage kind of technique? She did. She tried to release them, you know what I mean? Because they were hard and they were here. And then she just did a lot of, she did visceral stuff. She was just trying anything. You know what I mean? For the people who are listening to the podcast, Lisa is using her hands to talk, which is very Lisa. (laughs) And she's pulling on the side of her body where the obliques are (laughs) to, (laughs) to show the oblique releases. Releases in inverted commas that that was being done to her. Yeah. So at the time, it was good for me because I felt like someone had somewhat of a clue of something and could tell me that I could at least go to the gym, even though it wasn't what I was exactly doing. And like I could, okay. So we did that for a while. Um, Then she did get me back doing sit-ups, which she kind of like hold my rectus together. We kind of like do a sit-up. She had me doing planks, but like, she said a lot of work on my actual body. But then after about two or three months, she was like, all right, well, your rectus muscles are at least coming in now. She's like, go slowly back and do your crossfit. I still did not have an idea I would pay money because I don't know what the fascia was like. I just wanna know. Like, I wanna know how much worse the second pregnancy made it or if it didn't, or just, you know, I just, oh, I just wish I had all the data. But, um, I do know actively at that point I could get it to to about a three, two and a half before it was like nine or 10 and that's her finger. So again, this is not measured with, you know, real data. Um, At rest, I don't know what I was. She never looked at me at rest and I don't know what it was even after she did stuff. But she sent me back to CrossFit. So I did CrossFit for a while until I got pregnant again when I went back to CrossFit, I um, was a little fearful at first, but then I went, then I just went. Okay. And for the most part, I felt very good. I was PRing a lot of my work, like workouts, like testing workouts in CrossFit. There's the names of these workouts for those of you that don't CrossFit. Um, And I was doing them faster than when I was competing and training a lot more. Because I think it was mostly up here because I just wanted it and I could go to that pain cave because I just want to feel good again. And it was great. Like, it was a good time of training for me. But there are certain things that I felt were off limits. So I was like, I'm not getting out of GHD. I felt like I couldn't do L-sits anymore, so I just never did them. Um, And I was really scared about deadlifting um, over a certain weight. So I was deadlifting at about 265 is the heaviest I went. I know that can sound heavy, but I was used to deadlifting over 300. Um, But I was afraid I was going to get a hernia. I was scared of my stomach. And I just, there was a huge mental block with that deadlift. Um, So I was kind of stuck at that weight. But um, all of my other lifts, like my back squat got pretty close to where I used to be. I also was training last, so I didn't expect to be as strong. But I felt good overall. Muscle ups were back. Um, trying to think. I did sit ups. I did um, my hollow holds were okay, but in my mind I was like, I can't do this very well because my stomach's not right. So that was another kind of funny thing. Um, I think that's it. So yeah. So then I got pregnant with my second, and um, in the meantime, I had met Brie Battles, and she was running around California trying to figure out her own stuff, and we're like, oh my. My, well, my PT said visceral manipulation. Try to find someone that does visceral. Maybe they can help. And we were just like crazy people running around everywhere. Well, at that point, 
she, uh, Brie had started finding other people. So she had found Julie Weed first, and then that kind of snowballed into finding everybody else eventually. But she was like, oh, there's these strategies and there's these things. And she told me about it a couple months before I got pregnant, but I want to hear it because I just want to work out. I was so sick of like taking setbacks. I was like, I don't want to know if there's anything else out there. I just don't want to know. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Yep. I was like, la, la, la. Plus I had been through the ringer. So I just wasn't ready. When I got pregnant again, I um, was like, okay, give it to me. Pregnant. Let's do this. As soon as I got the pregnancy test, I didn't do toes to bar. I lowered my weights. Um, I tried to play around with some of that pressure management stuff and kind of learn it while I was pregnant. So I'm like, this is a great time. So I did cross it my pregnancy again. It just looked a little bit different. Um, it was good. Then I had a second C-section. Um, and I was like, okay, my belly's going to be what it is because I was ready for it because, uh, you know, I, I gained less weight the second pregnancy, but that belly was, do we have another picture of flesh up here? I mean, it was just like, really just, and I could feel it. And I was just, it was concerning the whole pregnancy. I mean, the tissue but just, in, in your experience, because like a lot of people I find if they have diastasis of the first pregnancy, and I, I usually warn them, like your second pregnancy, you're going to pop really early. Oh, like you're gonna yeah. Really pregnant yeah. quickly. Was that the experience for you as well? Yeah. Well, my stomach was already sticking out. So by four months, I looked six months pregnant. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. So I, I did take pictures of that. And I knew it would happen. I was, you know, I was kind of ready for it. But um, yes, very, very much. Um, so, I, but, you know, I was still on my own kind of, like, and I, when I did the podcast on, um, and uh, when I did a previous podcast, I was saying that uh, I was like pregnant and breathing out when I was picking up a piece of paper from the ground because I was just like, I'm going to freaking pressure management this body till I can't do it anymore. Cause I was like, just wanted to control. Cause I felt like I had no control for so long. Then I was put through the ringer, all this stuff. I was like, so I was <laughs> I was ready to control it all. I was insane. Like, like looking back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyway, um, but I was alone. You know what I mean? Like I was just alone. Like, um, so Brie came out here. I flew her out here to do a workshop at the gym I was coaching at the time. And I was seeing my first PT again, who's a lovely lady, who's actually my friend and I know her. But, um, and somehow I just didn't have a good handle on what was really going on with my stomach. And Bree's like, you just, you need to get another opinion. She felt my stomach, great poker face, by the way, because looking back on it now, I laugh, but she's like, you need to get another So I'm trying to find a different PT to get another answer. I was going to fly to Chicago, fly back in the same day. I had this baby in six months. And I'm just like trying to figure this out because I had been like working out pressure managing myself, doing what I can, feeling okay, but like I needed professional help, okay? So in the meantime, by the grace of God, I find the PT that I have now through someone else who had another PT that was like three hours away that was a business partner, but she was 38 weeks pregnant and I'm sweating and I'm trying to get out there before she has a baby and I'm like crying. And then she's like, oh, I have this business partner in Ann Arbor and I'm crying. So Nancy books me in at the end of her day. She opens up a spot and um, she just uh, looked at my whole body, like just understood CrossFit. She's like, okay, we're going to progress you back. And I just felt like I had a plan 
which for someone like me is really important. Like I have a plan and there's next steps. I wasn't exactly that happy about my situation, but I was like, fine. I knew probably surgery could be an option, but I was like, I'm not going to do surgery right now. So I want a plan and then we'll see what happens with the surgery thing. So I was going to California to visit my friends and I went to see Julie Weed. So that was like the next thing, but I wasn't going to see her till over a year postpartum. I wanted to see someone before that. So I worked with Nancy up to that point, went to see Julie. We kind of like played around with some different breathing things. It was fun. She kind of confirmed surgery would be great for me, which made Nancy feel better. She wanted to be the only one saying that. And it was good. Cue 18 months later. <laughs> where I'm like still doing burpees on my knees, on ab mats, and like just still, I progressed, but like really modifying the CrossFit stuff, thinking I would never do a toe to bar or a muscle up or anything like that till after surgery. And like playing the mental games with myself, like, all right, well, the longer I go, the better it's gonna feel, like I'm just gonna keep at this, I'm gonna surgery, you know what I mean? Like the whole thing, because I wasn't gonna have surgery until two and a half, years post second kid so I had, I had some time to go to surgery um sorry Tim. sorry was that a time frame that you'd put in your head or was that a time i wanted frame? to wait for surgery for a lot for mostly for my son to be older but also i wanted to see what i could do and what i could heal and i know tissues can take a long time a year two years like i just wanted the whole i wanted to exhaust all my stuff so I felt really good about, okay, when Dean's two and a half, I'm going to do it. So that was always kind of my plan. At 18 months is when Brie was like, Lisa, she was like, you need to stop doing burpees on your knees. And this was like sometime in the spring-ish. And she had gone to Anthony's course that December. And she had kind of told me some stuff about Anthony's course, like she did about when she said Julie, but I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, like, I, like, she was just like, well, what's the story? I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, just wasn't, wasn't there. Wasn't ready for it. I was in my safe workouts. Nancy was helping me progress, trying to get rid of some of the doming, coning, tenting, whatever the heck my stomach was doing. You had your plan. You had your plan. You didn't want someone to come along. And no, because I felt, this is the first time I felt safe. I wasn't exactly 100% happy, but I felt safe and I was happy enough. And I just felt in control. So I was just like, hmm. Well, at 18 months, Brie was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> just like, so then I kind of, I think I had messaged you. I had a question about surgery first, about the two, sewing too tight in surgery. So I started going down the surgery road of like, I was doing consults. I was really nervous. Um, and so he'd answered that. And then I decided to do some kipping pull-ups. And I took a video. And that was because of Brie. And I was like, well, physio detective voices do something different. So I'm going to try skipping pull-ups. <laughs> so I remember doing them. And I remember feeling so good when I did them. And I looked at the video and I was just like, shit. Like it looked terrible. And I was like, it felt so good. And then the suspected hernia that I had at my, at my umbilicus, which was not a hernia. It was just really thin fascia apparently that Nancy was in the surgery so you could like see through it was hurting the next day because I was like oh I shouldn't have done that you know I pain there I mean it was just like I was just like oh man I don't know so and at some point I don't know how I booked the consult it was off of that post 
or I don't know how I, did I ask you to do the consult and schedule it? Mm -hmm. I did. Okay. So I was ready. I was like, okay, let's do it. So, um, so Nancy was in the consult with me and then my friend Katie, um, who is now a fellow four PT, but before was just a pregnancy postpartum athleticism coach. So she was in the consult. Um, so maybe that was like, what, 19 months at that point, post second kid. Um, it was June. June. Last year. June, June, June last year. Yeah. And surgery was going to be April <coughs> following year. Um, and I think another reason, too, I did that is because I was like, I really wanted, like, there was something inside before Brie even said that. I would hear myself sometimes say, Am I really not going to do a toe to bar until after surgery? Like it didn't feel right, but I wouldn't let it in because I'd been so traumatized with all these horrible things. And the same thing, I'm like, am I really not going to do a muscle up until after surgery? Like the thought had crossed my mind a few times. It didn't necessarily feel right, but like I didn't listen to it. Nancy and I had the plan. Lisa, did you have any, um, in terms of your thought processes at that time, did you have any thought that you were to blame for what had happened? Like, did oh, you feel that yeah. you done the wrong things before oh, that? Oh, I was on the vigilante writing blogs about, I was doing sit-ups. Now, I, I will say I did make myself worse postpartum. Like, I could have done other things and, like, been in a better place, given that. But I look back at, I know, I know. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. That's true. But, I mean, anyway. But the point is, I thought the stuff I did during pregnancy did it. I thought um, the stuff I did postpartum did it. Like, I thought maybe I wouldn't be in this situation if I didn't do those things for a while, you know? I can imagine yeah. that would really hold you back as well, because you're thinking, so oh, my God, if I did this and this is what yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was fear-mongering other people for a little while, you know, because I was so upset and I wanted to happen to other people. So I was in that fear-mongering, like, you know. Save, save. I will save everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all done that. Don't worry. <laughs> now I always make sure to tell people, like, I could have sat around and ate bonbons and, like, this would have happened in my pregnancy. Like, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah. So um, that was hard. That was really hard. But, you know, what ended up, well, anyway, we did the consult. I'll come back to the body stuff in a second. But so I did the consult with Anthony and, like, Two hours this turned into, oh my God. One hour consult turned into two hours. <laughs> oh my God. Like I, it, I felt a hundred percent broken by the time I had gotten there. Not by the end. Not by the end. In the beginning, going into the consult. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so long <laughs> uh, Was this in person or online, the consult? Online. It was online. online. Yeah, we had Katie holding the camera, Nancy touching my stomach. I mean, we were we had a, we had a good little team going on. Um, but you know, I yeah, like I was terrified to lift my legs. I mean, I just I was like paralyzed with fear in the beginning. Um, but I mean, by the end, I mean, we went through. I mean, we did GHD sit ups. We did all the things I felt like I couldn't do during that time in between the pregnancies. The GSU sit-ups, the L-sit. We did an L-sit pull-up, um, which I couldn't believe I did. 
and um, a bunch of ab stuff. But he also kind of explained to me, showing my abs, like some of that cough and pressure was just coming up to the, whatever you call it, you call it. The level of the bony the, attachment. Yeah, the bony, yeah, and I was like, oh. Like it made so much sense to me. Um, yeah, and so then, I mean, by the end of that, I just, I mean, I don't know how many times I cried in this damn thing. Um, but by the end of that, like he's like, okay, I want your muscle up back, because I was going to his, thing in july in six weeks his philly course he's like so i want your muscle up back by then so you can do a muscle up there and i was like oh shit um but yeah i went back to the gym and i just started kicking my pull-ups and i just started doing toes to bar and like it all felt good i mean it felt better than it's feeling right now post-surgery because post-surgery i still have weird surgery feelings that i get sometimes but, like it felt so great i mean i felt i didn't feel weak i didn't have pain and then that whole pain in my belly button thing, I realized a couple weeks later, because that never came back. Never came back. Like, I didn't even think about it until a couple weeks later. I'm like, oh, I don't have that pain anymore. And then came the whole, like, okay, what else do you want me to do? And I was, I used myself as a test case. Like, what can I do before surgery to get as strong as shit to, like, prove that, like, this is, you can do this and move in all these different ways and see what my stomach does and film it. And, like, it was so fun. Like, that was probably one of the best like after this whole thing, like those months were probably like one of the most like special times for me because I felt free. I felt like I was helping people. I felt like I could learn stuff. I felt like even Anthony could learn things because he wanted to see what my belly could do. Like I felt like I was helping all the people and I felt like I could do all the things at the gym. And um, it just like turned into this great thing. So. <laughs> and I, 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 if I remember correctly, Lisa, you were um, uh, putting, uh, just giving you a chance to, whew, <laughs> um, you were recording a lot of this on Instagram, right? Like you're, yeah. you, I, I, I sort of remember some videos that you've been putting up um, through this time, just showing yeah. what your amazing body could do. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. So um, then came the spiraling surgical panics. Um, which is the next part of the story. But before we get to that, I just, and I said this when I told my story at the female athlete, um, there's a very weird line when it comes to body positivity that women deal with after babies, because we have this movement of body positivity, which is so needed, right? Which isn't the whole, like, it doesn't look like you had a baby. Yay. Like celebrate the stretch marks and you had a baby and be happy and all these things, which is good. Like, that is a good and positive thing. However, then women that get an abdominoplasty or do get some kind of work done because of the change of their body with baby are very, feel a lot of shame about that, which is also not good because everyone's hiding and not getting support for a major surgery. So it's like we have to have a balance of, yes, we want to have body positivity, but we also want to shame women if we, they decide that they do want to get some kind of surgery done. Now, see, no one shames me because they look at my belly and they're like, oh, well, of course she's going to have surgery. And I could totally frame it in that, that it was totally medical because my fascia is really thin and when I get older, I don't want my organs hanging out of my body and da 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 But like, yeah, that's part of it. But like, that's not the whole thing. I didn't want to look like that. I wanted to wear my clothes. I'm a fit person. I don't want this belly, but, um, I try to like explain this in my posts and I, 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 it's very hard to explain, 
It's like I used to hate my body. I hated my belly. I had great disdain for it. I went from that to loving my body again in a way that I never thought was possible because of what it could physically do. But I still didn't like the way it looked. And there's like a difference. So I feel like people, women will rush into the surgery because they're so disgusted with their bodies. And that's when either they don't have the right support or they don't have the right surgeon or they're just mentally like, and it just makes me sad because it doesn't mean they shouldn't get the surgery, but I want them to go into the surgery feeling empowered versus disempowered and feeling like I have to get the surgery because I'm disgusted. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, this, we could probably dive into that for a while, but it's, um, it's tough. you know, I think, I think anyone putting any kind of, um, pressure on women to have surgery or to not, or yes. to say that, you know, to have it for these reasons is right versus these reasons is wrong. It's just, it's just another way that people restrict women's options, put more pressure on them and put expectations on them that they should either look a certain way or that they shouldn't, they shouldn't want to look a certain way. And, you know, it's, it's like, hang on, I, if I want to look a certain way and I have my reasons, that's no one else's business. And okay. it's okay to want yeah. to maybe have an abdominoplasty for aesthetics reasons. And it's no one else's business. And I, I'm with you on that. And I, but I also, I, I hear what you're saying about the, um, the approach to surgery and the men and being in the mental space <clears throat> that you don't want to be going in absolutely hating yeah. everything about your body and 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 is there like is that something that the um the surgical team talk to patients about like you know is there someone that you want to talk to like a psychologist or a counselor is you know is this is this a route that is commonly discussed i had three consults nope no and i cried in the first one because i just didn't know what i was getting into i wrote that i wrote a whole blog about it like what to expect for people to like in my um in one of my things because i'm pretty at this point i was a pretty confident person you know and it was just the whole taking the naked picture of the stomach you know and then just like they're just looking through, and it was just like i was just like you know what i mean like i just and the first one didn't really understand crossfit and so that was really hard for me i'm trying to explain to him and he didn't like he was trying but he didn't get it and then i didn't feel like someone understood me and that made it worse and he was very nice. <laughs> it was a horrible experience. <laughs> it was horrible. But it was also the first one, so then I could kind of be like, okay, this is kind of what to expect type of thing. But there was never any counseling about um, how are you doing, you know, I don't know. Just. Nothing. It's a tissue. Let's fix it. Yeah. I mean, they had the tissues ready. I think a lot of women cry in there. I felt kind of cliche. <laughs> or, or normal. <laughs> I mean, I cry all the time. I have no problem with crying, but there's something about crying in the plastic surgeon's office I left. I was like, man, I feel so cliche. <laughs> <laughs> then it made me more upset. I don't know. <laughs> I deadlift 200 pounds. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I tried to explain that to him, too. He was like, <laughs> so tell, tell us about your lead up to the surgery, like in the sort of weeks leading up to it. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> there's a lot of little giggles going on between you two. It's like this, you know, little story. Well, well, there was a lot of talking off the ledge, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I could not trust anybody. It was so hard for me to trust anyone. 
at this point. On top of the fact, my job right now, along with learning around with Bree's program and starting to work with pregnant postpartum women as a new part-time career, is that I'm hearing the horror stories. Women share their horror stories with me about everything. And I want that because I want to be that year and I want to be. But at the same time, it's like I knew I, there, there was too much of that. And then I went, delved into the abdominal plasty world, which is horror story central in these groups, which I stopped following. But the failed repairs, the did, did, I mean, it, it, on top of the misinformation, like I had to get out of there because I'm like, this is not a healthy place for me to be. Um, but, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what if I get a prolapse from the surgery? What if I start leaking from the surgery? They sew, the, Diane Lee in one of her things said something about they sewing them too tight. So I was obsessed with that for months. Like I tried to talk to my doctor about it. He's like, no, I can't sew them too tight. I'm like, well, it's Penny and he doesn't just think it. So I need to talk to somebody. And I, I mean, like, I, it was just insane. So I find, anyway, I did this three consults. I find my guy, okay? So Julie Fouché, who's a big crossfitter, is a friend of mine. Um, she had some connections to University of Michigan Plastic Surgery. I got the names of these people. He was at the top from someone that actually worked with him that she knew. So I was like, great, I'm going to go see this one. He understood athletics. He understood athletic women. He told me I was his dream candidate. He would love to do the surgery. Um... He doesn't need to sell himself. He has like the chief plastic surgery of the University of Michigan. And he's like this well-regarded, you know, whatever guy. So I was like, okay, he's my guy. But I still didn't completely trust him yet. I went back three different times with a list of questions. I asked Anthony for questions. I found other questions. I talked to people. Like it was like tight lists of questions. He was fine with it. He loved it. He was like, oh, this is great. So let's do it. Like super great guy. Um, but I still was like, oh my God, he said he can't sew me too tight. And then I asked him about the rectus muscles, if they're overlapping or not, because I was like obsessed about that. He's like, no, I just bring them together. And then I got home and I'm like, we're bringing them together. Does that mean they're touching or not touching? I mean, this is me all the time. So then once in a while, I message Anthony about the rectus muscles or some other thing. And then he talked me off the ledge and calm me back down and then I'd be okay for a little while and then something else would come off. So it was just like that for a while. But um, I finally booked the surgery. I had to book like six months out because he also travels and does a lot of research. So he's not always just doing surgeries. He's doing a bunch of stuff. Um, and so it wasn't until about maybe a month before the surgery that I finally was like, this surgeon's really good and I should trust him. Like literally a month before surgery. <laughs> This guy knows his stuff. Yeah. And like I knew it, but I still didn't trust him. Because Diane Lee said you shouldn't put the rectus muscles too close together. And I was just so scared. <laughs> so, uh, what else did I ask him? Oh, I had so many questions. Oh my gosh. I have them all on my blogs. They were good questions. I found I wasn't concerned about some other things like other women were like, you know, they can do drain or drainless procedures. For me, it was like, I will do whatever procedure of the doctor that I trust. Like, I don't care. Like drains are a pain. I had the drains, but like, I don't care if they're a pain if it's the right doctor. Like I'm not going to, I don't care. You know, but some women really cared about that and like wanted the drainless or like 
certain other things. Um, but for me, it was all about my function. I was, and I also told them, I was like, you need to sew me where I'm not completely flat for me to be more functional. That's fine. Like I made it very clear that my function was the top priority in any decision he makes with my stomach. I'm like, if you open up my stomach and I'm out, <laughs> it's like, you need to make a call. I was like, just remember, I just, I just want function over anything else. He's like, what do you think I'm going to find in there? An old walk? Did you take in a, <laughs> did you take in a video of like the stuff that you do in CrossFit and say, look, can you see this? This is what I need well, to be able to watch do. Watch it while you're doing the search. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's so funny now that I'm like fine. <laughs> but you know, it wasn't really funny at the time. I was really nervous. And I always, I bring the list because he was a very nice man who had very great bedside manner, who understood CrossFit and talked to me about snatching. And his daughter went to school with Julie. So there was like some kind of a personal connection. But I still would get nervous. I get so nervous. I'm like, this is just a person. Like, I felt like my life, I, my whole athletic career was in this man's hands. Every single time. I'd be sweating. <sighs> and then tell us about the surgery. How, how did it go? What did he do? What did he yeah. say after? So he... Um, the way he did my surgery was he used, because there's different ways they can do the sutures, right? So he used a permanent suture and he did the corset sewing. So he, you know, it's all connected. Um, and then he did do a second layer because when I sat up, I was still bulging. So he did another layer. Um, and he took off tons of skin, like over a pound of skin. Um, there was no hernia, which saved me money. There was no technical hole, which was the best news I could have received. And I had to ask Jared again, because I thought it was just the drugs. And he was like, I didn't realize, I didn't believe that really happened. <laughs> so I saved us $4,000. Um, yeah, that was, God, I'm still, was still so exciting. Um, and he just, yeah, he, he took the fascia in the rectus and just, he's like, I just brought it together. Okay, there's a resident in there with him because um, U of M's a teaching hospital, but he's like, I, if there's anything I don't like, I will fix it. Um, but Nancy, my PT, watched the surgery, which was another nerve-wracking thing, praying that she could get in there. It's a university hospital. Like, you know, there's all the rigmarole with that, and she really wanted to watch it. And so um, she was there, and I remember wheeling me in, and I was like, they just, I just needed that, oh my God, that morning off, I was like, give me the anxiety medicine. Like, I just, please God, shoot me up with the anxiety medicine. I was such a mess. And uh, anyway, so they wheeled me in there, and I was already like, and the first person I saw was Nancy, and I was just, I was, it just felt, it felt so good that the first person I saw was Nancy, you know, who's like such a good friend of mine now too. I was just like, Oh my God. But anyway, she said that, um, what did she say? Yeah. That my fascia was like, you could see through it in that, in that part. So she saw all that, but yeah. And I think he said he folds over the fascia or something because I mean, they got to like bring it together. So I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So skin, no lipo sutures, hip to hip incision. So and that was, it was like an hour and a half. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit afraid. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
really fast. That's pretty, that's pretty quick. Yeah, he had music on in there and everything. Like he, he is really good too. So he's really good too. <laughs> and and how long were you in hospital for? Oh, they sent me home the same day, which I was like, it was the outpatient facility that I was in. I know. Now, consult one said, I think for you, I would keep you in the hospital. He's like, yeah, it'll be a little bit extra money, but looking at how much money you're spending already, he's like, it'd probably be worth it just to stay. And then U of M, that just really wasn't an option. But then um, someone had mentioned like, you know what, why don't you just hire a nurse, go home and hire a nurse. That way you're home, you're not in the hospital. So my friend, my dear friend Marcy from the gym, who's a nurse, stayed the first night with me at my parents' house, which I needed. My parents were too old to be taking care of me all night. Like I needed constant care. Like I don't know how anyone would go home and not have constant care all night. Um, she took care of my medicine. She helped me with, I mean, I don't even know what happened. I was half out of it. So that was the best decision. I always tell people that if they want to send you home, like just to hire a nurse if they're nervous about that. This is a major abdominal surgery done as day surgery, sent home. Oh, sent home. I was home by like three o'clock. Surgery. That's, uh, interesting. You called me, didn't you? You Did I call you in the car right home? No, I think I talked right. to you the second, the day after. Was it the day after? Yeah, because the day of, I was in bad shape. I think it was like, no, I think it was the third day. And what was your pain like? It was horrible. I mean, I, coming home in the car, all I remember was sitting like this. And then, I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I remember it more a little bit after the first day. The first day was, I mean, I only slept in like hour segments. I was uncomfortable. She was um, uncomfortable whenever she spoke to me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's terrible. I mean, I would take a C-section over that any day. And they take I was thinking I had a client who had a somewhat similar surgery recently and I think she was in hospital for four days so <laughs> I still can't believe they send you home I still can't believe they send you home like it's it's nutty to me but it was fine and you had a really good setup too right like yeah I had a lift chair I was at my parents I was not with the kids um you know the, the like the motorized one so I was like I just I was just trying to lay there and not do anything I let that help me get me up um uh I could sit down and go to the bathroom myself, which was a relief. I didn't know how that would be. My parents had like walkers and everything for me. I didn't need the walker, which was good. <laughs> I can walk and go to the bathroom. <laughs> we're okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first two weeks we were just terrible. And I just literally laid in a chair and I tried not to do anything. And was that mostly because of the discomfort or was it also a bit of fear? It was just mostly discomfort. Yeah, it was just kind of like this is probably better. But this is the funny story that I love thinking about when we were talking about pain. So I've had low, I, when I was competing, I had low back pain. When I had my major separation, my back pain got worse because I'm like, well, of course I have back pain. I my abs are like when I'm walking around. I worked with Nancy. I got a lot of that pain to go away. Um, we worked on some alignment things and everything, but you know, looking back. I think the biggest thing was just, I was feeling better and more confident. I could kind of relax and everything, you know, but like I did, I got a lot of that to go away. And then I, when I got strong as shit doing stuff again, I just <laughs> felt better, you know, like my abs were stronger and better. But, um, so I was hunched over for extremely hunched over for three weeks, but for almost five weeks, 
Because even up to week five, I'd wake up and I'd be like, I'm straight. And an hour later, I'd be hunched over again. And I started getting scared. Like, oh shit, should I be straightening up? Am I going to be hunched over forever? Like, I really was starting to like really worry. Um, but the funny thing about it is those first two or three, two weeks when I was in the lift chair, you think at my, I had no low back pain. Now I wasn't walking around a ton, but I was, even when I was like, I was just, I was so, so in just that, but I really had no back pain. I, I looked back and I was like, I had no back pain sitting in there. I thought I was going to have horrible back pain sitting in a chair and doing all this stuff. Nope. How did you feel about your tummy in the weeks following the surgery? I ask this because I, I find sometimes um, after hernia surgery or abdominal surgery, there's sometimes almost like a bit of a disconnect and a feeling like that's not my abdomen. I, I don't connect with that anymore. I, I don't know who that is. And it's oh, like a really overwhelmingly and sometimes emotional experience. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I mean, the two first two weeks were kind of like survival. And I came back to my house. I had a sitter here for the third week, but I was here. Um, and I started to kind of like, you know, the drains were out. Like I, I tried to like, I don't know. I tried to like be okay. But like the first time I took a shower, I didn't shower for two weeks because I was scared to take off my compression. Like I was terrified. When I shower, I almost passed out the first time I showered. So I took it off and then like things kind of expanded and I was just scared to stand without it. I was scared to sit without it. I was, my parents had like a, in the shower, they have like a stool thing because they're getting older. So I sat on that to take my shower. But it was a horrible experience. It was really, really bad. And um, I just felt like I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I felt like I couldn't, um, I couldn't relax my stomach, but it needed to relax. And it was just, bad. and then I was like, is this how I'm always gonna feel when I take a shower? And the next couple of showers weren't very good. And then they started to get better, where I took it off and I could sit, I would sit and I could be like, oh, it's off, but I'm okay. I would take my shower. But I, I really avoided touching my belly for a long time. So there was that too, which didn't help. <laughs> what about missing your belly? Um, yeah, I mean, I did. I was, I missed my old belly because I freaking do stuff. Like, and I knew that would happen, but I was just like, you know, like it just, I missed feeling okay. And it's like when I took off the, I had to take it off after two days because I had to do change. The, what did I have to do? Oh, yes. They wanted me to like just wash everything down like a little bit and then put it back on, which I did not want to do, but we did it. And when I took it off, I, he's like, it's going to be bruised. It's going to look bad. I took it off. It looked really great. Like better than I expected. I was prepared for it to look terrible. And I took a picture of it. It's on my Instagram. And I was like, this looks really good. And like, I was happy, but I wasn't that happy. Like I, everyone wanted me, me, me to be happier than I was with the way it looked on day two or three. Because I was like, wow, what's going to be to come if it looks like this now, you know? Like, but I just felt so shitty. Like, just like, it just, you know, so, yeah. 
was I? I think I was in San Francisco. Was I in San Francisco? You were in San Francisco for the female athlete with Breen Haley, all of them, shortly after surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to you at the time. And so what, what's been happening since, since then, Lisa? Like, how are you feeling about it? How's your strength? What are you, what's your exercise regime? So we're now, what, how many months post? Six months. Six months. Yeah. So I saw Nancy at about, once I got my clearance from the doctor, which I could have gotten at six weeks, but I went in like seven and a half weeks. Um, and then I saw Nancy like the day after that, and we were like, all right, let's we're, let's just start moving. So we decided I was doing some body weight workout stuff. Um, she did some scar work on me, um, things like that. Just touched my belly. We tried to like, it was really hard for me to connect back to my breathing or anything that was going on in there, really disconnected. Like, so we did some subtle like things like that to try to be able to like reconnect which was really cool because I did so much like rehab and PT stuff before with TA and breathing. And then Anthony made me breathe in all the ways and we do all these things that I felt like that went actually pretty quickly because I knew how it could feel. I also knew how disconnected I was from my belly before too. Like I've been through it once just in a different way because I was disconnected to it before and scared to touch it before. So um, it was cool because all of that stuff went fast, which was like encouraging. I was like, okay. Your brain was like, I know this. All right. Like, okay. But I was still very worried. Like, oh my goodness. Like, just in my mind, I was like, until I do a Dota bar, I'm going to be worried that I'm not okay. <laughs> I know that's silly. But like, that's exactly what I thought the whole time. So anyway, I did body weight workouts at home. Um, I, went, I started back really slowly at about like eight weeks. Went back to the gym at about... I didn't go to the gym for the first two and a half weeks. I just worked out at home because I just didn't want to be in the atmosphere yet. And then I went back in about 10 weeks. And then I just modified. You know, I did burpees to a bench. I wore my surgery compression for a while. I wasn't ready to take it off at the gym. And then finally I took it off and went to a lighter compression. It was just a very slow process for me. But I needed it to be that way because in my mind, like, I'm, I like, I don't care how long this would take. I needed end game to be like, I just want to work out and not fucking think about my body anymore. Like for the past five years, That's all I want. And like, so I was just to take my time and set myself up really well so I can come back and do the things I want to do. Like that was. My goal. Did your surgeon give you any guidelines as to what you couldn't, couldn't do or just said, right, go with your physio. And so he knew I was working with Nancy. And when I went in for my clearance, he said, yep, just start back at it. Slow. And he basically, ex he basically explained progressive overloading to me. Like you're going to try, you're going to start running and you're going to run 200 and see how it feels. Like, like he talked my language, you know what I mean? Like, but he's like, you know, dynamic stuff. Snatching and things, you might want to hold off on that for a little while. Da, da, da. I'm like, man, you see why I went with a surgeon? Like, it's like, okay, yeah, cool, I got that, all right. So, um, but yeah, that was it. He was great. So, and you hit six months post surgery yesterday. Yesterday. Right? So I knew I would see this guy 
at six months because a female athlete was coming to Detroit, which was planned a long time ago. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to take it really slowly and safely up until six months because six months is a long time. In my mind, I'm like, it hasn't been a long time. But I'm like, six months is a long time. I'm like, and that'll be the perfect time for me to then get out of my comfort zone and like do the things I'm scared to do because he'll make me do it. <laughs> so that was my plan all along. That was my plan all along. Well, not make me do it. Make me do anything. I wanted to do it. So, um, so that had been my plan all along. Although I did progress faster than I thought I would within those six months. Like I thought in my mind, oh, I'm not going to be doing like, I don't know, certain things. And then Nancy had me getting on the ground, doing more ab work than I thought I was going to be doing sooner than I would. Like it went better than I thought it would go. Given at five weeks, I wasn't even standing up straight. And I'm like, holy shit, like where, where is this going to be? You know? But then one day I just woke up and I was straight and I was straight all day. Like literally one day I woke up, I was straight in the morning. And then as the day went on, I'm like, I'm still straight. I'm still straight. And then I was just straight. Like it's just, it's just such a funny thing. But yeah, so we, um, we did all the things in one day. And what how do you feel? All the things. Uh, Describe it. I did. <laughs> We started with... We start with a strict pull-up. He's like, just do a strict pull-up. <clears throat> so I did one. <clears throat> she, hadn't been doing, she hadn't been doing it until then. I did nothing. Yeah, I've done ring rows. I've done some banded pull-ups just in the last um, couple weeks. But I put a band there. I knew I could do it without the band, but I was just like, trying to look at the belly and measure my pressure. You know, like taking it slow. And... Uh, which is good, but so yeah, I did a strict pull up. Then I wanted to get the kips, so we did a few smaller kips, bigger kips. Then I got the kip and pull up. This was all in a matter of like three and a half minutes. So then we went to the toes of bar, and then um, we got you know I did a couple swings, and before I know it, my toes were at the bar. <laughs> so I did a few of those, and it didn't feel that bad. I get this burning a lot from the nerves, and I know he, the surgeon tells me, you're going to have burning, you're going to have stabbing. Like, I love how he explains it. Just do it, you know. But it's concerning. Because it's like, what's this? I know it's like the nerves and all these things are moving around, but it's just like, it is a concerning feeling when your stomach is burning and you're doing something. But the, the feelings I had during those things were not any different than when I was doing ab work on the ground, very intentional, anything else I was doing. So I was like, okay, like, it's not any worse than that. So I'm fine. When we took it away too, with just putting your hand on. Yes. Yeah. Cause when I, I'm trying to fix my Olympic lifting because I've been going around a belly for five years and I've been doing a lot with just the barbell. And so when I do my triple extension or like into my high pull, I'll get the burning sometimes. I'm like, when I'm here. Um, but I did it again. Auntie just put his hand here and I did it and it went away. So it just, it showed me that it's just the sensations, like it's not, I'm not ripping anything apart or pulling anything or, you know, but. Um. So how do you feel today? Well, I did toes bar in the workout today. So I'm like. <laughs> you should tell the story of what I did. So of course today toes to bar is of course ran in the gym. Shit, it's a workout with toes to bar. 
And I'm like, should I only do six of the 12? You know, I'm like talking to myself through my head and all these things. And he was like, no. He's like, you're going to do the 12. He's like, you're just going to do sets of three. I'm like, okay. And then go from there. It was an eight-minute workout. So I got through four rounds of the toes of bar plus like two extras. So I'm like, okay. So he's like, you're fine. I'm like, okay, that's a good plan. And then the rest, there was wall balls and kettlebell swings after that. So we're getting ready to start the workout and he walks away. And I knew we didn't have a console yet until one. And it was like 1230 or something. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's going to come back for the workout and like check on me and make sure, see how I'm doing. Like, yeah. okay. Like, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> he doesn't come back. And I'm like, and I knew it. I'm like, I'm starting to figure this out. I'm like, he didn't come back on this. Yeah. <laughs> because he was to show me, like, I don't need anyone to sit there and watch. Thank you, bro. He's gone. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, God, that was so fun. So I did. I did my sets of three. It went fine. I could have done more of the first set, but I didn't. Um, once I got in the groove of the workout, I felt like myself. Like it was. And then I got tired towards the end, but it was just because I hadn't done them. So that was good. And then after I was really nervous, I was like, can you check my stomach? Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like I'm like, is something off or, you know, whatever. And so then he finally, I thought I hadn't even touched my stomach. Like I touch it all the time standing up. Like I try to, cause it's like swollen. I try to like reconnect by like touching it more. So I'm not so freaked out by it, but he had me do a double leg lift and touch my stomach, which I have not done. Like I have not felt it. And I was like, oh, shit, that's my stomach. Like, it was like rock hard. I'm like, what is this? Like, insane. <laughs> He's like, you're fine. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Whoa. She was very worried that she thought she might have stretched it a bit more. Oh, She's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It feels kind of weird. And it's like, <laughs> just done a workout. And it was like, you got four reps. You just did she did 50 toes to bar. And what? Yeah, in the workout. And she'd done toes to bar on like, what day was it that I turned up? Friday. On the, the Friday. Day. I did three. She did three on Friday. And then she did, oh, 50. <laughs> she did 50 on Wednesday. But funny enough, your abs felt something. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is kind of funny now. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not even sure I can do one toes to bar, but I'm, I'm sure if I did multiple, my abs would be like, hello. What the hell's going on? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just that yeah, doing those two in the video, which I posted it today on my Instagram. You can watch it if you want. I just posted the whole video today. At the end, after the toes of bar, I was like, oh, that's such a relief. Like it was just raw footage of my whole thought process with the whole thing. It was very funny. Um, but yeah, then we got on the GHD. I was like shaking on the GHDs. I was so nervous. Like, but he just slowly I held the band first just did the whole thing that was really really scary but then when I did it it was like it felt okay I had a little bit of the burning but nothing out of the ordinary from moving and doing other stuff so and and I think what what is a fair conclusion to take from that is that Lisa had spent six months doing really really well and working with Nancy and progressing and progressing and doing doing really good stuff that allowed me to walk in and just yeah, go. I know. Okay, you got the fun job. I got the fun job, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was in like two months post-op where you're like. The foundation was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the work had been done already. 
Yeah. She, we, I saw Nancy about once a month. And I just, this is what blows my mind though, really, like really with the surgery is like, you need help. If anything, even if no one works on your scar tissue or helps you because I couldn't breathe in the one, like I was just so tight and I was just trying to relax and, you know, getting cues out for that. But like, even if you don't, even if it's not for the physical stuff, like just having someone touch your body, talk to you, feel like you have some kind of plan make you feel safe. Like sometimes I would be nervous. I'd be feeling things. I wasn't know if I'd be okay. And Nancy would just turn everything out and just tell me I was okay. Like stuff like that. Like people don't, nobody's getting that support after a surgery like this. And I'm so glad you're saying that because we almost never get referrals post um, abdominoplasty. And I've like, because the patients that I've worked with have usually been the ones that I've known from before. And they've, needed it like really needed it and I think why are they not why is it not a standard referral even if as you say like one or two sessions like I don't see them that much but the guidance the reassurance yes you know it's really you're, you're right it's so needed it's so needed and she's seen people with that have had issues with them but she's never seen someone right out of the gate so that's the other problem is people always see the people with the issues too and so then that gives them kind of a that's hard you know where sometimes I, th- I sometimes I feel like physios can get kind of like they're anti abdominoplasty. You know what I mean? Like, what can we do to avoid surgery? Which okay, who wants a surgery? But like, you know, I think also they've seen some of the horror stories too. You know, sometimes I don't know. that's true. So yeah, that's. I was just thinking I, I, a couple of clients that I've um, I'm thinking off the top of my head just did so well like so well with abdominoplasty. It was absolutely wow. what they needed. There was one lady I remember in London and she was, she was about five foot tall. She had twins, um, you know, huge separation. And we did so much rehab and it was a, in a, um, a physio clinic that had a lot of Pilates and, and because she was a, she was an ex ballerina. So this wow. woman like so strong and she, her movements were beautiful. And, you know, she was a fabulous rehab candidate, but she just kept having recurrent um, hamstring strains. And when she got back to, when she wanted to go for a run and we're just like, what the hell is going on? And I was like, oh, maybe it's to do with, <laughs> maybe it's to do with the diastasis. And then anyway, so she had the surgery, she rehabbed beautifully and she was like, oh, you know, just had all any back issues, hamstring issues, everything just kind of disappeared because suddenly it was just that, you know, she could develop some tension around her, um, her trunk and, you know, she, she did fabulously well, but yeah, so I, I, haven't, I haven't had many horror stories, thankfully. I don't know about you, Anthony. No, no. The ones that I know about, um, you know, because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. The ones that, that I've been involved with have all been great. And, you know, I got to watch their surgeries and got to check on them post-op. And, yeah, they've been... Yes, they've been fine. And the reassurance is important. The progressive overload is important. Um, it's it's been good. It's been good. I I wanted to ask a question of you, Lisa, because I want to know what you think. Okay. We haven't talked about this, so I don't know the answer. Ooh, okay. The topic of this podcast is diastasis surgery. Is it the easy option? Mm. Um, what do you think? <laughs> It's such an interesting question. 
Because I had a moment in Philly <clears throat> after I got my double muscle up in front of everybody. <laughs> and I was like, should I get this surgery? Like, I was just crying. And I was like, asking, like, maybe, should I not get the surgery? Like, because I was just starting to feel like I could do stuff. And just want to go through it all again and go through all the rehab and all the scary unknown and all this stuff. Like, I started second guessing it. Like, do I want to do this? But then I realized I did. Like, and I'm 38 now. I just want to be done with this crap and like feel good. And my goal was to be to be done with this by 40, which I'll, you know, be done earlier than 40. But I wanted a very realistic goal. Of like feeling really You've good been planning then. your party for a And I have a big 40th birthday I've been planning since I've been 31. Like, I haven't actually been planning it, but we've been talking about it. This is less about me, even though I am a Leo and an only child, and more about I want to get everybody I know together in one room because I love people and being connected. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it is, this is, this is, this is the thing that I see in the surgery group that makes me feel like women don't go into surgery thinking it's going to be easy, but go into it thinking it's going to be an easy option because I see people that still have back pain. I'm going to get rid of it. Women that aren't completely flat for whatever reason, whether the surgery failed, whether they're, if they're three months and they're still swollen and no one under explain to them that the swelling can last a really long time and they're upset because they're swollen they don't look good at three months post-op which for me is like nothing three months i was like i don't know um they are recovering slower than they thought they would um they are unhappy because part of their skin is left that looks sad like the bottom of my stomach, I posted something about this. I still have my stretched out skin because he told me when he pulled it down, like the top here would be down here. So some of those stretch marks would still be there. I didn't give two shits. I was like, tell me how you're going to suture me. <laughs> but I understand that some women do. I'm not poo-pooing that. I'm just saying I didn't care. But um, women didn't realize that and they're upset and they talk about having sex with their husbands and their, and their skin sagging and they feel disgusting. In that part and I'm just I'm just like so I think that they go into this thinking it's going to be the easy option to fix pain which may or may not happen and I think they go into the easy option thinking they're going to look perfect but they don't look perfect and I think that that is why I want women going into surgery in a different headspace because they come out and they're upset sometimes, not all the time, but that's what I've seen. And it really makes me sad. So I think this, even like just doing this podcast will be so helpful, Lisa, for people to under, have a better understanding of, you know, that it is a really big surgery and it takes a long, long, long time. And because it sounds like the communication between the surgeons and the clients is perhaps not always... Um, good <laughs> um in, in terms of explaining how long this process it could take two years it could take you know longer um yeah. but you know 
it's not necessarily going to look perfect. These are, this is probably what it's going to look like, but some people have this and some people have that. And, you know, like just explaining all that in more detail sounds like it's very much needed and the offer for counseling as well. Maybe. Yes. My surgeon overall was good. Cause he said, he told me, he's like, don't do the surgery until you're ready to just let go. Like, it's like he knew me. Like this guy freaking gets me, man. He had your number. <laughs> So she was just spying on me before I came in here. You could probably tell from me just being in it. But he's like, you know, and he said, with, with recovery, it could be four days or four months. He said, everybody's going to be different. You don't know what you're going to get, just how you're going to feel and, you know, whatever. So he was good. He was very good with what he told me. Yeah. yeah. I don't think everybody gets that from what I've seen just... In the group. It sounds like you're really lucky. Yeah. Anthony, did you have any other questions? I'm just cognizant of the fact that we've just like chatted for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to ask Lisa? I, I found it hard this podcast to come up with questions because Lisa and I spend so much time talking anyway. Uh, yeah, um, that's why we always laugh. It's because <laughs> when you ask a question, it's like, oh yeah, we we spent a little bit of time on that before. Uh, um, I I um, I think that what Lisa has done has been fantastic, but also because Lisa has sacrificed time and money to ensure that she has got the best support, whether it's childcare, whether it's moving to her parents' house for, how long were you at your parents' house uh, for? Two weeks. Yeah, she went to her parents' house for two weeks and deliberately chose not to be at home with her family to maximize the likelihood that, you know, two toddlers are not gonna jump on her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, getting, getting a babysitter to help out so much. Yeah, we have full-time nanny, three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, going around, like willing to travel to, to, to get consults mm -hmm. and, and you know, she, she interviewed three different surgeons. What might not have been clear was that she went to three different surgeons before she chose one surgeon and then still went back quite a few times to that surgeon mm -hmm. to make sure that all her questions have been answered. Um, and so it's not like Lisa decided, well, yeah, I don't like how I look. I'm just going to go for the surgery and sort it out and that'll be it. Like it's been meticulous in its preparation and its thoughtfulness. And I kid you not, Lisa has worked the hardest um, she would be in the top 1% of people who have worked the hardest to conservatively get her body, um, to do all sorts of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's, surgery was not the easy option. Um, and, you know, Lisa's only kind of touched on it. So I want to outright ask you, now that I've spoken about it, I got my question back. <laughs> why, why can you summarize? Why did you in the end decide to get surgery? Why did you first decide to get surgery and why did you decide to finally go through with it? 
when I first decided to get surgery, I felt like I needed it. Like it was like, a, I can't heal on my own. I need surgery. That was like my thinking. Right? And there was some of the fear around that too, right? So do you want to talk about some of that fear of... Yeah, like I... Exposure. Yeah, I mean... Like... I And, and from the start, I will say, you know, if my kids kicked my stomach, they're like kicking organs sometimes, depending on... I mean, it is not comfortable. I felt like it's, as long as... I could do muscles at the gym, but like I, I couldn't wrestle with my kids. Like I was, cause I was afraid they were gonna, I mean, this thing is sensitive. Like it was not, it was not good. So there was that. And, you know, I still had the fear of getting a huge hernia or making the hernia that I thought I had worse. I mean, there's a lot of that. Very worried. Like in the consult, I was very concerned about that. Like, um, because that creeped me out. I don't know, you know. But then as time went on, I realized, you know, like, that's why I realized, like, I could not get the surgery right now, and I'd be okay. Um, but ultimately, I don't want to look like this, and I don't want to worry about my super thin fascia or, and or hernia that's there. Like, I just want to be done with this. So, um, yeah, so same, same reasons, but a little bit different as time went on. Yeah, your mindset calmed down. A lot totally. less fear-based. A lot less fear-based. A lot less fear-based, yeah. Like, it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go get this now. You know, like, I'm just like, all right, it's time. Yeah. So, Lisa, I just want to say um, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I oh, yeah. love your honesty in it. You know, you're obviously very open to telling how you feel at all these different stages, sharing your pictures, sharing your videos. And I think, you know, Pictures worth a thousand words. And I think people having seen your journey has been like really helpful for a lot of people. Um, so thank you for being so open and honest about everything. And um, maybe just to finish up, if, the, if you were going to talk to someone tomorrow who is thinking about having the surgery or has decided to make the surgery, uh, to have the surgery, what tips would you give them? Ooh, so many tips. I won't go on forever. Um... I think, okay, I think if I had to do like my top two tips without going into a blog of five page long, that's five pages long, uh, um, I would, it would be to get a lot of different consults because you don't really understand, you don't know what you don't know. Like, and even the, the surgeon I saw that I didn't like, he was the one that told me I should be doing sit-ups. And I'm like, man, screw this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And then later, what am I doing sit-ups? And I didn't like him because he wanted to use some mesh and stuff and I wouldn't have used him. But like, I still got that out of it. And I realized that guy kind of knew what he was talking about, which was so was such a good learning experience for me. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I think at least two, but I say three or more, like, because you learn. Because I was learning when I was there too, which is what I liked. Um, so definitely, and not settling, you know, like not settling and really finding someone that you feel good with. Um, and the second part is just to create your team well before surgery. So your PT, a therapist, whatever people you need to support. Um, because even with a team of amazing people, Nancy, Anthony, friends, Bree, like all these people, it was still as hard as shit. And like I had the best support I could have had 
and the best surgeon. So, um, like, I just can't, I just can't imagine people just alone and without that, but finding a team also takes a lot of work. So it's just don't rush unless there's a medical reason, just don't rush into it for those two reasons alone. <laughs> No, that's that's really good advice. Thank you so much. Any closing remarks, Mr. Lowe? Uh, no, except that it's fun and it was fun watching people go up to Lisa at the course, you know, on the weekend and, oh, I'm meeting a celebrity and like... Oh! I'm like... <laughs> okay. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. No, you're famous. It is weird. Well, it's because people know what's going on in your life. And yeah, you've never met them before. Yeah, that's weird. It is. Yeah, it is a funny thing. It's cool. I mean, that's the good part of social media. Sometimes we get down on it, but overall, the connection is um, a really cool thing. Yeah. No, it's been fantastic. Thank you for sharing your story, Lisa, and um, thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. And it's an absolute privilege um, to to go on the journey with you and. Um, you know, if like people can always reach out to to all three of us, really, yeah. like all three of us are, are open for that. Um, where can people find you on on the socials? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is at Lisa Marie Ryan, um, and then I'm also at Facebook. My handle on Facebook is at Lisa Marie Ryan twenty two. For my business page and then my website is www.lisa-ryan.com awesome we're all gonna stalk you now <laughs> not really not really brilliant thank you thank you so much again we've um uh, i've thoroughly enjoyed that talk um i think that's been or talk interview it's been really really interesting and i think so helpful for people who maybe going through this or thinking about going through the surgery just to have um, someone's personal experience and, and hearing that journey. And I just want to finish by saying that if anyone, um, we've had a few emails from people asking about particular topics or things that they want us to cover. We love hearing that stuff or feedback. Um, share the talks uh, far and wide if you can. And, but definitely, you know, email us if you have a topic that you want us to cover because we love talking to people. We love talking to, talking to really smart people, don't we, Anthony? We do. We do. We love, we love learning. So, you know, and, um, and also bringing out the personal experience. It's, it's been fantastic. So, um, well, thank, thank you. I, uh, I really, I've realized even just in the past like couple months, how much I need to, I mean, I like to talk, so it's easy, but like, but how much <laughs> I really do purposely have to want to try to get my story out there to help other people. Um, now that I also have the surgery component as well. And so I need to do it. <laughs> so thank you. And thank you very much. Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to hit like if you enjoyed the episode and leave any comments or questions below. We'd really like to hear from you. If you haven't already hit subscribe, please do so now so that you can be kept notified when we release our next episode. Otherwise, thank you for listening and we look forward to having you back with us for another episode of the Women's Health Podcast.